0: And welcome to another episode of insightfully speaking a podcast by kardec group i'm adam osborne and i'm joined by my two co-hosts annie sinclair and umberto schubert along with a special guest as we investigate recent events news and other interesting things while looking at the world from a spiritist perspective our special guest today is wagner jesus from brazil in this episode, we are going to be looking at spiritism in the arts. We'll have some more details about Suli Kauder-Schubert. We have a question for what does spiritism say about? And we'll be looking at the rise of an unlikely YouTube star. But first, let's say hello to my co-hosts. Hello Annie, hello Humberto. How are you both?
1: Hi Adam. Uh, all good, thank you. Uh, here we are. It's just incredible how time just goes so fast from one month to the next. It just seems like yesterday we were recording, isn't it? So all cool here, thank you.
2: Hi Adam, Uh, I'm very fine. Thank you for your usual kindness. And uh, here in Brazil, the overall situation of the pandemic improved uh, a little bit. So we are uh, a bit more optimistic about that.
0: Unfortunately, we can't say the same here because we have the Delta variant still wreaking havoc, unfortunately, but the government think it's fine for us to go out without a mask. So let's see what will happen in the next few weeks. Now, Umberto, last episode, we started to talk a, a bit about your grandmother, Suli Schubert Schubert, and her contributions toward the spiritist movement. What more can you tell us about her, her work and her publications?
2: Yeah, uh, she was quite a prolific writer with about 20 titles, which sold uh, approximately uh, half million uh, books. And uh, that makes her a uh, sort of um, cultural phenomena in, in Brazil, uh, at least among the, the Brazilian spiritists and uh, most of uh, these books were dedicated to mediumship. Uh, and to some extent, we can say that uh, she was very well known uh, for her works on mediumship and uh, somehow an authority in the field.
0: Yeah. And no, I think definitely there's a lot that we can learn from her, her works, and the example that she gave in general as well. So thank you for, for that extra information and you know, we hope to be able to get some more things in the future as well. But now let's bring on our guest. Wagner Giasis is a director, producer, and screenwriter from Brazil, who has worked on various spiritualist and spiritist related projects, including the 2010 film adaptation of the André Luiz book, Nosular Astral City, and the 2019 Netflix biographic, Kardec, based on the life of a certain Alan Kardec, as well as Brazilian telenovela Além do Tempo, Time After Time. Wagner, thank you for being with us today. How are you and how have you been during the pandemic?
3: Hello, Adam. Hello, Anne and, and Umberto. It's, it's a really pleasure to be here. I'm trying to be all, all the time connected with everyone else during this pandemic time, so... I I thank you for the invitation, and it's always interesting to speak about spiritualism, spiritism, and art, and and I think this is my preferred issue, my perfect subject, and I'm glad to be here. I'm, I'm really glad to be here around you. I'm a, I, I w- I'm a fan, and and I read a few of the books about uh, Sveinlika the Shubet, you know, and. And it's it's been a pleasure all this time. Nevertheless, we have a pandemic around, even in Brazil or in the UK or the whole world. But we're going through. We're going through.
0: Yep. Well, it's a pleasure for us to have you with us today. And we'd love to talk a bit more about your work in a few moments. But first, let's look at some interesting recent news. Has a 400-year-old self-help enigma finally been solved? Robert Burton's book, The Anatomy of Melancholy, first published in 1621, was written to help explain the various causes of all things that have gone wrong with the mind and is filled with over 13,000 pieces of Latin verse, philosophical quotes, and Shakespearean analogies that seem to have no direct link to the purpose of the book itself. A new 1,376-page edition hopes to bring light to the quizzical book, which actually gives practical advice that is still valid today, such as, the importance of making time to talk to people, tips on having a good herbal bath, and taking mindful exercise. Some of the topics in the book include, troublesome dreams, how to be amended, coffee, a Turkish cordial drink, immortality of the soul proven, and music, present remedy for melancholy. The book ends with Burton saying, be not solitary, be not idle, I know that many spiritists like small books of reflection, but I don't think a pocket edition of this will be available at any time soon. Do we need to rethink human evolution? A human skull has been found from a new human species that is a branch closer to modern humans than Neanderthals. The Dragon Man, or Homo longi, lived in China around 146,000 years ago, and had a much larger skull than ourselves, which would indicate that on average would have been a lot taller than modern humans. The skull was originally found by a Chinese laborer over 90 years ago, but was kept wrapped up and hidden in a cupboard until just recently. Although there is debate as to exactly what branch of humanity this skull is from within our ancestral evolutionary tree, a professor from University College London has said, It adds even more evidence that human evolution was not a simple evolutionary tree, but a dense intertwined bush. We now know that there were as many as 10 different species of hominins at the same time as our own species emerged. So it just goes to show that you never know what you can find at the back of your wardrobe. So, Guys, do any of you have any old mystical books on the shelves or ancient obscure objects that should be in a museum?
1: (laughs) I don't have anything that should be in the museum. But uh, just when you were saying that, it was making me think that one of my favourite phrases is there's variety in nature and variety and multiplicity is everywhere. And sometimes uh, we come from uh, a habit or, or let's say, an education that makes everything black or white or, you know, this or that. And uh, actually, everything, there's lots of different colors, there's lots of different varieties of everything. And uh, when when we think, you know, like somebody has a baby and, you know, it can be a certain weight or a different weight, there is no sort of like, this is the average person because each one is totally individual. We are all totally individual. And our experiences on earth, uh, our body is the instrument for our experience and it's totally individual. So when we start thinking of the past, we have very few pieces of the jigsaw, very few pieces. And sometimes we're trying to have, let's say a thousand piece jigsaw, we've got two pieces and we're wondering where they go. That's the kind of image that I sometimes think about. But it's good, at least we have a couple of pieces, slowly we'll go putting others, and uh, at some point we might have a greater picture.
3: I remember Emmanuel's book called No In- Caminho da Luz, and when you mentioned there was this guy 147,000 years ago, I immediately remember Emmanuel saying that we've came from other planets as well, we were risen from the from the apes because it was part of our development, you know, and evolution, progress. And I think that so many things yet to be discovered by scientists and, and and researchers all over the world that we are not even close to understand our origin and to understand indeed where we came from and where we're heading to. So it's amazing that every time... We go further and further in time, back and back in time. And understanding that we've been such a journey. It's been such a journey. And we can't complain about time anymore, right? I don't know if I came from another planet. It was probably uh, an unevolved planet, (laughs) a lesser evolved planet than than Earth. (laughs) But I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to discover these things. And to tell those stories, because this is something that we shall do, it's telling those stories that we, we're going to learn from ourselves.
2: Well, I, I'm not sure if it's a old or a more recent discovery, but uh, it, it seems to be a fact by now that uh, uh, human race mixed with other humanoid species like neanderthals and, and, and others which is uh, quite fascinating because uh, it could have uh, all sorts of implications about our understanding of how humanity evolved uh, some of uh, human folks may be, may have uh, small connections to these uh, already extinguished uh, humanoids and uh, it also has a, a an interesting implication uh, on racism because we are still fighting about very tiny changes among the the human species while our, our ancestors actually breed with other uh, species with members of, of other species and I think this is quite fascinating and it is, uh, to some extent, uh, mind-blowing. It, it makes us rethink uh, all we, we know about our biological nature.
1: It, it also makes me just think about, uh, like Wagner was saying as well, and, and you about about time and where we come from. And now, like, for example, we're living in the pandemic where time is distorted in some ways. Uh, because we are all living um, like at a certain level of anxiety about when is it going to end when are things going to go back to normal and actually we're thinking if we think back you know who knows when our origin is who knows if we've even come from other planets as a spirit we've been living for such a long time so that we should we can release a bit of our anxiety about time and really incorporate the moment this is the moment that I'm living. This is all I must be, you know, focusing on now and not be worrying about the past and the future, but really sort of developing more of, of uh, that what you call it uh, being in the now, being, being present at this moment and saying, I am experiencing this moment in my evolution, in my story, in my history, and I am experiencing it fully rather than thinking, Well, I hope tomorrow things will be better, I hope tomorrow, 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 or before it was be better, you know, so you just thinking, yeah, those are references, but what is, is what is now, this very moment. So this is an exercise I'm doing for myself, and I'm not no master at it for anyway. but I just thought it's interesting how this pandemic has introduced this opportunity of thinking about being in the now.
0: Yeah, great reflections, thank you everyone. But let's move on to something a bit more creative. So over the past few years, there have been a lot of interesting spiritual and spiritualistic films, theater plays and TV shows, which include spirits and mediums. In general, most of these put spirits in a negative light and mediums as either an evil or even comical character. In comparison to the UK or Europe, Brazil is a very openly spiritual country and there have been various spiritualistic and spiritist films and telenovelas that have been widely accepted by people who are not from a spiritist or spiritualistic background. There have been films regarding the lives of Brazilian mediums Chico Xavier and Givaldo Franco, films about Bezerra Jimenezes. And, as we mentioned, our guest Wagner produced the film version of Nosula, Astral City, the story of the spirit André Louise, which was psychographed by the medium Chico Xavier in the 1940s. Even though most spiritist films are not available in English, there are, of course, many good spiritualistic films and television shows which are. Pixar's Soul, follows the journey of a man who temporarily finds himself in the spiritual plane. BBC's critically acclaimed comedy, Ghosts, follows the story of a young woman who inherits a mansion filled with spirits and only she can see them. A high budget film adaptation of Noel Coward's play, Blythe Spirit, was released in 2020, which is about a hapless medium who evokes an author's ex-wife but only the author is able to see the spirit. And of course, there was the bizarre Netflix comedy, The Good Place, which followed a group of people surviving events in the afterlife. Have any of you watched any of these? And also, how important do you think it is to bring spiritualist and spiritist stories to life via film, television and art?
2: I would like to start by saying that uh, pretty much... Every human being watched uh, movies that present spiritist tenets or ideas through the lens of horror. And uh, this depiction of uh, gloomy and and spooky spirituality may be a very very bad first impression that uh, is difficult to, to wipe out. Uh, on the other hand, uh, I'm a big fan of Korean series and, and, and movies which are quite spiritualistic. And is, it is actually very rare to find a, a series or a movie without uh, one single deceased soul trying to communicate with the, the so-called living or, or the embodied uh, persons. And uh, since we have this different cultural approach to survival after death uh, in media, it is interesting to investigate more carefully how is it conceived to uh, what sort of purposes and uh, how could it be changed somehow through uh, a cultural uh, process if we reflect more on what are we feeding to the population in terms of understanding of the own uh, ultimate reality
1: well i i also think that you know whenever you have a, a movie or a play you have the opportunity of uh, watching it and reflecting on it with your let's say with your family with your friends and say what did you think of that do you think you know it's possible it's not possible it's uh, really interesting. Um, all kinds of things appear in different places. You know, I saw, uh, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, I saw a play here in London a few years ago. They had a festival of uh, Spanish uh, theatre from the 1500s. And one of the plays was by Juan Inés de la Cruz, uh, also known nowadays to the spiritists as Joan de Angelis. And it was amazing because... We went to the theater with my friend and we sat down and were like excited and the the, the players were a uh, shakespearean players and, it, and it, uh, actors and it was all in in english it was a, t- a translation into english it was a comedy it was really funny and it was uh, and it had uh, you know all kinds of unexpected things you thought oh wow you know in the times of the inquisition were they allowed to say these things or, or to present this just making it, and they would stop and they say, yes, this nun wrote these things, uh, saying she was one very brave uh, woman at the time to be exposing these things, but she did it as comedy. And it was so interesting. Uh, It generated such a lot of discussion, and even, like, say, the, um, the actors would come out. So you're thinking, I think, whoa, this is going back 500 years. And, you know, so now maybe we have movies we didn't have movies 500 years ago, but we have theater, we have music, we have books. So the way we communicate through art, its way is bringing us to think about things, uh, provoking that 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 discussion. And I think that's invaluable uh, because it, it is a way of of perhaps bringing up something that you wouldn't be able to say or, or be didn't know how to broach the subject by watching it together with others to say. Oh, what do you think about that? Do you think it's like that? And you know, it can generate some discussion, and I think that's that's really lovely.
3: I've watched almost all of them that you mentioned, Adam, because <laughs> I keep uh, a radar open to to what I call to me it's the final issue. It this is the last frontier that we have to uh, to trespass. So it is something that guides my works. Uh, everywhere I have to make a choice, every time I have to, uh, to pick up a, a story to tell, I'm going to ask myself, do I want to spend five years working on that, seven year, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, and not having it as, a, as something relevant to me? And when I say no, I just discard it, you know, because... It's something that it has to it has to make a sense, and nevertheless, this is something that has been always present in in the movies, and we haven't noticed as something spiritualistic in the movie. I'm gonna give you an example: Akira Kurosawa dreams. You know the the movie called Dreams from Akira Kurosawa, the great uh, Japanese filmmaker. They have a scene where The army is dead, and and the captain is dead, telling them that they were dead. And it is totally based on the spiritualistic idea that life goes on. What I think, and this something that is a Brazilian legacy to the world of culture and the spiritualism philosophy, is that even though it started in France the way we know now, and it has roots in America as we've heard before, what has been done in Brazil is something that is now exporting to the, to the rest of the world, which is the unbelievable amount of books that were produced during, during the 20th century through mediums like Humberto's grandmother. So that's something that makes Brazil very unique over that. Just like mentioning Chico Xavier, it's been 500 books as well. Millions of books sold as well. You can't find that anywhere in the world. So what the blend that it provokes to, the, to those who produce art that is based on that kind of story is something are unique. And this is something that attracts me as well. It is something that really guides what I want to say. And within my next 10 movies, if I may say so, There are 10 movies about that kind of theme, that kind of story. Because also, one final note to me, we're not creating a genre of movie making called spiritual films. We're just telling the same stories, the drama, the comedy, just like Annie said, or uh, the sci-fi movie, or even though the horror movie can be made. But if you stick into the philosophy that we've learned through all those books, it's going to be made in a different way. I keep saying that if I were to produce a series like Dark, which tells about time traveling or uh, based on reincarnation issues, on, on different lives and in connections of past lives and so on, I could have made that much more interesting and people less confused about connecting, you know, connecting characters. Because what we're saying is something that connects to the heart and soul, and connects to the mind as well. It's understandable. So faith and reason can can be together, even though when you're producing art, and that's something that it, it's my radar. It's it's something that guides me everywhere I, I go in terms of of what I read or what I write or or what to do.
0: That's great. Now and as you mentioned about Chico Xavier and over five hundred books, and let's talk about Astral City, which is a very important spiritist book, like we said before, from the spirit Andre Louise, and was the first in the Life in the Spiritual World series, which was psychographed by the medium Francisco Candido Xavier or Chico Xavier and highlight some of the aspects of what happens in the spiritual plane. Now, the film version of this book is phenomenal in every sense of the word. And so when adapting a book for theater or film, there are elements that need to be removed or added so that the audience can follow the story and stay interested. So Wagner, when you're making that film, which was released in 2010, how difficult was it for you to decide what parts of the book should be kept in the final version?
3: It was really hard. <laughs> First of all, I, I it took me like a an year and a half to understand what was really the core of the of the book in terms of what should be in the theater, you know, in the in the movie. Uh I made several inter, in, interviews with with former readers, and sometimes I was posing small questions like, "Put yourself in front of the city," and oh, I'm here in front of the city. There's a, a wall. Okay, turn your back to the wall. Oh, okay, I can do that in my mind. So now, what do you see? Oh, I don't know. So, cinematographically speaking, in terms of movie narration. There is a ton of details that are not in, in the book. And this is something that has to be filled with narrative and movie-making story. And and also, the book is about a city. So it has like 25 different stories that could be parallel stories, you know. Or I could tell the story of Andrea Lewis and and a B, a C, a D stories as well which actually I tried to put as much story as possible within the texture of, this, of, this, of the narration. But most of all, I needed to pick up the main character, which is Andrea Luiz, the doctor. And in the end, I could check that I was telling the stories of the first two, three chapters and the last two, three chapters and pointing out a little, a little bit of what happens in between them. Because this is what happens to Andrea, you know? And it, in, in, even though they are in just the first two or the last two chapters, there is a lot. In, there, it, it's the deeper story that goes beneath it. Because this is something that wakes up after that, you know? And, and that's the whole difference of paradox. I was just like pondering with myself the other day, like the weight of eternity. And this is something that we do a lot when we did a lot when we were creating Andrea Luisa as a character to the movies. And it is something it, it is someone very is it is a smart man, it is someone that understands life. It is a physician. But suddenly you get yourself facing the, the hardest question of all it's the, 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 the weight of eternity. How do you deal with that? Because that is something that to me and to to the character as well, it changes everything else. It changed the whole the whole understanding of life that's philosophical way too philosophical we're going to find that at kardec as well but we can talk that later but i mean when we discovered what was the core of the character philosophically speaking we could understand his conflicts which were understanding where he was how to deal with that new reality and also about the missing of the family and also how do I do to go back to my family and new laws? And some people think Not So La, City is a sci-fi movie. There are, I mean, Not So now, Astro City now uh, has been released in different levels in more than 45 countries. Which is something spectacular to a, to a movie that has been released 11 years ago, almost 11 years ago. Which makes me keep speaking about the movie. That is my satisfaction music, you know? Uh, you know, Rolling Stones has to sing "Satisfaction" all the time. <laughs> I I don't hesitate to speak about "Astral City" because I know it, it still rolls the dice. It still goes on and on with people who see or watch it for the first time, and they get stoked and they got, "Wow, what is it?" So to understand the core of it, it was a it was a whole process of of. What, what was the essence of the thing? And in, in the end, it's where we came from and where we're going to and who we are. That's all the major questions that all the philosophers do, pose to themselves. It's something that I think it was uh, uh, proper to the characters as well.
0: And no, I've about seeing it for the first time. I saw the film for the first time in 2011 uh, in Brazil uh, and I hadn't read the book because that I hadn't had access to an English copy and but when I saw it I thought I have to read the book. It for me it was so so well made and aligned so well to how I understood everything of that aspect of the afterlife anyway that for me is is a perfect film to watch so thank you for making the film.
3: Uh we didn't want to tell the whole book. We didn't want to tell the story of the whole book. It is it is an uh... Uh, undoable, if I may say so. May I say so? Un- undoable, right? And it was about the core of the story. It was much more about the core of the story. And in America, you're gonna find it probably at Disney uh, Plus or Hulu, because Disney has a, has bought has Fox Films, and all the property were passed to Disney. And that's and that's even a joke. Who has watched the movie? Uh, first time I've been at Disney with the executives in, uh, in Brazil or, and I, I just told them, you, you know guys you don't need to produce a park for Arsenal City, we do have a park as well all you need is to die and then there always like <laughs> staring at me and said, oh, what is that about and, no no that was just an internal joke and then a few of them understood because they have seen it so there's no need to pr- to create a park, it's there already
0: <laughs> well in, you you never know. You never know. There might be a part of opening up in in Disney Orlando. You never know.
3: Not, I mean, Adam, people, I've it, it's it's endless. But I love it. Everyone has watched the movie has a personal story to tell. Where I wo- just like what you've just seen. you know, it's it's unbelievable that people can relate a certain moment of their lives. Where they got into a theater room and they watched the movie, and that changes something. The movie was meant to tell the story, and I, and I, give all the credits to the story itself. It's okay. I did the movie. I directed the movie. I wrote the movie. Okay, but I mean, to me, the weight of it, the really, the thing that has the power of it, is the is the courage of the spirit, Andrea Louise, and yet the the il, how do i say illibality or i mean the ilibado, how do i say that umberto uh the the honesty <laughs> the credibility uh-huh. the honesty and the amazing work of chico xavier and when i i just there is something that is interesting as well i mean In the end of the movie i i give i put some credits that is and then we i decided to say i want to dedicate this movie to andrea Luis, to chico xavier andrea Luiz and all the people in not solar and several people several watchers would come to me and say what is that that is for real i mean isn't it only a movie you know how do you say that is based on a book and is that a documentary and then people were really confused about that because some, somehow in the end of the story they were presented the idea that you know what, this might be real. And this kind of was spinning out people's minds in, everywhere in, in South Africa and Turkey and Japan and everywhere people would come to me speaking about that. It was very interesting. And this is, I, I, I really understand that this is because of Shiku. And this is why No Solar as a book it's translated and is sold everywhere in the world as well you can find it at the spiritual international uh, printers right and then and it's something that keeps rolling on and on and it doesn't stop
2: well uh, i have to express uh, how privileged i feel uh, for being in this show and uh, have uh, so many guests that uh, deliver us so profound and touching words as these, And uh, j- just to make a small link between uh, you, you, what you just said, uh, Wagner, to uh, your previous discourse about the purpose in life, about doing something meaningful with the tools, opportunities, the time uh, you have to, to invest in, in some project. If you are free to choose what to do in, in life, and uh, we, we have so much potential, we have so, so many opportunity. Uh, especially artists and, and, and people who uh, work with education or uh, with communication somehow. They, they always have uh, opportunity to choose, to inspire people, to give something uh, that is substantial, that, that can move people uh, to a, a better stage of their lives. And it is sad that all this power, all this freedom is not enjoyed as it should be. Right. Thank you.
0: You were mentioning about some of the other books from Chico Xavier, and we've heard that the next film based on the André Louis series is in production. Is there anything you can tell us about that?
3: It is, yes, it's going to be in production. We started pre-productions, but, but we had to to interrupt it due to the pandemic. So we are now waiting for the Brazilian agency allow us to liberate other funds and the deals in order to start uh, principal photography because we, okay, we're we going to have to to pass through pre-production again a little bit, but mostly we're going to we're going to go for shooting, you know, what you call principal photography. And it's based on the book, which is the second book uh, of André Luiz's uh, series about the spiritual life, which is called The Messengers. So we are internally calling it Nosolar or Astro City 2, The Messengers. And why we're doing that? Because our plans are based on shooting at least a trilogy or at least four of the books. And so the other one would be the Brazilian version, which is called Obreiros da Vida Eterna, which is like the workers of of eternal life, which to me is is really cinematographic, you know, there's like fire from the sky, uh, a house that takes place, if, you know, there's war in the Umbro zones and it's very, uh, very cinematographic and it's, it's very specific in terms of putting people uh, a different view of the spiritual world, you know. And I might say that, and the other one is the is called Libertação, the li- liberty, which is, this is this is a, a movie itself. You know, when you read the book, you say, "Oh my God, this is this is ready for the theater, you know, for the screen." And we also plan to do that as well.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a very deep and dark story in in that one. Yes, but...
3: yes, and I might say, Adam, when we just uh, created the idea of the Umbro zone you know the purgatorial zone we had to escape from some uh, cliches i didn't want in the low red fire like the hell or whatever you know and we had to make a lot of adjustments from what is described in the book originally because if we went to to describe or to shoot the way it was in the book we were going to scare a lot of people and we know we didn't want to really scare people we just want to shake them you know, but otherwise, people would be like, "Really? Oh my God, what is it?" And somehow, the the movie somehow touches people in different places, and this is completely uh, un- un- unpredictable in terms of some people. They stop watching it at first. It, it takes them like six months to go back and watch it because it, it has to. It has some connections. It is it's magical. It is really magic. And it has connections with their own stories, with with their souls or with their understandings that, you know, it's like shaking their ideas of the paradox of eternal life. And this is very powerful. And I I, I confess it is it is it is amazing to watch the way it provokes this part of me, even though it's I mean, the movie, it it goes, it, it stands alone. He does He does his job, you know. We just like control it now, but it goes along and it's very interesting to watch.
1: Maybe I will say something a little bit out there at this point, because uh, just as you were saying that, uh, I was just remembering uh, something, you know, like when, let's let's say I'm watching the movie for the first time or, or second, and then let like you say certain scenes or certain phrases even or passages suddenly connect with me in some strange way. And we, I always say we are on an incarnation, as you know, with a team. It's it's a team effort, our incarnation. We are here, but we have a team supporting us, just like the athletes, they're running out alone, but they have a whole team behind them. So we are the same, we have a whole spiritual team that's, you know, helping us on, on this journey. And I think that they stimulate us. Uh, at the different passages to remind us of agreements, the suggestions, you know, things that we need to sometimes remember, even if it's unconsciously, like to to bring us out of us, our inertia, to break us out of our habitual way of doing things, to help us to blossom forth. And I I, I am totally convinced that uh, when you're watching, it's like when you're reading a book as well, but when you watch a movie like that the The good spirits, are benefactors, they take the advantage of that to stimulate us. So the reach of the movies is much further than simple entertainment, in my view.
2: Yeah, we, we just mentioned uh, Disney before, and uh, I watched a couple of movies about Walt Disney. And he seemed to be one of these artists, very committed to the improvement of humanity, to, to produce things that were absolutely meaningful and uh, maybe eternal is uh, exaggerated, but things that could be permanent and, and not uh, subordinated to other sorts of interests, even financial interests. And uh, I don't want to uh, move in the, into the next subject already. But uh, I I think about uh, Wagner Jesse's work and uh, what he's doing, and I cannot stop imagining how important it may be for himself uh, as something uh, that uh, you reflect about in your own life experience. To meet people that never heard about Kardec, that that never heard about uh, astro city in their lives and they had the first contact through these movies so uh i i can only imagine that it it may be a very powerful experience and uh, you you may feel uh, uh at the same time privileged and uh with a a, a heavy burden of a uh, great responsibility
3: you, you just pointed the right words Umberto. this is it is a mix of gratitude and responsibility as well. Uh, indeed, I, 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 it, it's endless the way people react to the movies and the way it comes back to me in a certain way. Uh, this is something that I just, there's only, word, only one word to say, which is thank you, always. And it's been 11 years, and it's been, it, it was like it was last year, because we have demands of interview we speak about the stories uh if i were to to answer all the interview demands i would be online every day and i simply can't because i say i say that i'm going to be speaking the same stuff on and on and you're gonna you're not gonna listen to me anymore in a few years and then and but on the other hand i understand people that relate to the stories, and they want to be part of it, and they want to just express with a lot of gratitude what they've been through. And I totally connect, and I and, and I just sit and listen, which is something that really fuels the joy and gives gives us uh, strength to go on to keep shooting. There is a, uh, besides those books, there are other movies that I'm going to make, and we are in in development. It took me like all this year and a half of the pandemic. All that I could do w- were was writing scripts and trying to close deals with other producers and other distributors and finding money, which is something that I haven't been quite successful until now. But I know the time comes. When the time comes, it's going to happen. and And it is rewarding. And at the same time, it is demanding. And this is it. I mean, I wouldn't see myself in any other position now as a journalist and as a filmmaker. I'm totally uh I'm totally devoted to the to what I'm doing right now. And it's this is why when I see you guys or when I when I understand people who have watched the movie and and that made a difference in their lives, it pays off. It really pays off. It's priceless as well.
0: Well, talking about the materialistic financial side of things. Now, we know that Astro City was actually one of the biggest uh, budget Brazilian films when it was released. And there have been other spiritist films and theatre plays which have been lacking a little bit because they've mainly been using volunteers and not had much funding. So, do you think there's any reason why there's a lack of funding for spiritist or spiritualist films and plays?
3: In Brazil, in general, Brazilian is f- from the late two years and a half, we're facing a lack of investment at all because there is no pol- culture, political, you know, political c- of culture investment. But within the late 10 years, I think people were expecting, expecting a new genre of movies, and that was wrong. I mean, we, we should just be telling the stories instead of saying there is a new genre of movies which are the spiritualistic movies but we forgot to ask ourselves or even ask the ask the market if there were there was a specific public to that which is wrong i mean people go to the movie to watch good stories you know why people go to the movie to watch a good story well told this is the this is the basic answer and it doesn't matter if that is a love story or a sci-fi story it matters if it's good enough and is it's professional enough. So, and this is also a dilemma of the filmmaker, you know, adjusting the story to the money or fighting for the money, for the right money for the story. Uh, in order to answer that at Astro City, my position was I have to find the, the proper money for the story. Otherwise, we, we, we don't tell the story the way it should be told. And this is something that it followed me. It follows me in different levels. I did a, a, a movie called *The Indigo Child*, which is still in Brazil. We're trying to make deals outside uh to the international market. But I could understand that it was a lesser, uh, bigger budget, and and that would be pro- providing the story that I wanted to tell. Which means that it was. A trademark, finding all that money from Astro City, <laughs> you know, and having Field Glass as a composer, which is one of the biggest film composers ever, and doing the post production in Canada in Toronto at, at a company that works for Hollywood and for independent producers, and have a, a director of photography that was uh, hosted in, in Los Angeles, which is Uli Steiger. So those things that. They they answer something that is really clear when you make a movie. It's making a movie something so difficult, Adam and, and Annie and Ombret, because it's the mix. It's unlikely mix of industry and art, and they they are hard to connect, right? So what you do is create bridges between them. What is going to be art and what has to be industry? Because one feels one feels the other, one one connects to the other in different points and and at at, at that moment being a producer is good as well because decisions can be made with the look on the artistic side and not leaving the arm on the on the on the industry side you know it happened in kardec as well to me like shooting in other any other city instead of paris would be would be a flop like okay let's pretend we're in paris shooting in prague why we're not going to see the sand, the river. We're not going to see the... Uh, and then suddenly, when I first came to Paris to do a pre-location scout, and we just looked into that church, you know, which is Notre-Dame. And I said, you see, guys? Where are we going to find that? The church is a character in the movie. So we, we're going to shoot around this church because this is part of the story. If we were in, in, in Lisbon, or if we were in Buenos Aires, anywhere, anywhere that we can find, like, French act. Ac- you know pretend it to be because movies make a lot of that you know they go to other place they do a lot of vfx and they pretend to be at a certain place but for kardec it, it, we would get so much gain for the story we'd get so much power you know looking to that parisian light to that uh those bridges and this is where the character was walking uh, 150 years ago and it made a lot of ch- a lot of a lot of difference. And then that is a that is, that is a money that you have to spend and I wouldn't shoot anywhere else and the producers they work for Computer Song, you know Eliana Suarez which is the main producer there she just bought my idea and said okay you know what we're gonna rush like crazies we're gonna do like 12-hour shooting in Paris We're going to do the most amount of scenes we can in these exteriors because we wanted to do exterior scenes. And you're not going to sleep for four days, but you're going to do that in Paris. Sounds right? I say, perfect, Uh, let's go. And this is what happened, (laughs) actually.
0: I I was about to ask about that film specifically because Kardec is the biographic of this French educator who, and we mentioned this in our previous episode, that if it wasn't for his investigations... Spiritism might not be here in the way it currently is. So you already mentioned about this importance of filming in France, but again, a bit like my question regarding uh, Astral City in La Salar, How difficult was it for you to decide what aspects of Kardec's life you could actually include in the film?
3: It was really difficult to have them. <laughs> I, I mean, there is not a, 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 a weight of, of hard how hard it was. It was really hard. because, And that is something that it, 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 we had to understand exactly who Kardec or Rivail, the French professor, was first, at first. And I think we were just peeling the onion, you know, to understand what was in the middle of it. And once we understood, and I, I, when I say we, I say me and Marcel Sotomayor, who wrote the book, where we tried to base a little bit the story of the movie, because I've known Kardec prior to Marcel. I read Marcel uh, originals, you know, I, I kind of helped Marcel to finish the, the originals. And he, it was his idea to bring Kardec to the screen. I was like, oh, my God, I never thought of that. And it's true. Uh, I was, like, working on other stories, and then, then he said, you have to bring contact to the movies, and said, you know what, you're right, um, how, why I haven't thought of that before, I, and let's go, and then we just realized that we had to tell the story of a transformation after, like, years of understanding what the story were, because it is, indeed, again, from a point A to a point B as all characters are but I mean in that moment it was a man that discovered a a treasure a small treasure that changed his life so much that he wanted to share with people and this is what happens to everyone who understands what the spiritualistic doctrine is this is something that is very rational you know, you you're gonna find yourself telling people, it's all rational. You have to understand, we are here because of that. It's the reincarnation. It's the immortality. It's like God as a principle, not as a human being, or not a dead man in the Sistine Cap Chapel that Leonardo da Vinci painted. You know, that is, that's not God. You know, oh, this this God that heals people. That's not God. That's something else. And and all this idea that the professor uh, dived into all the, all those years. Uh, it was less important than his own transformation. So when he's, when he phrases that you're gonna meet a a, a person who understands spiritualism or spirit spiritism uh, by the power of the its own transformation. This is his own lines, right? He said that. And uh, to me, it was like he's speaking about himself. He he just changes name. He loses friends. He leaves all the all the all the diplomas behind to be a man defending the afterlife in a Paris uh, filled with rationalism, with, with filled with with uh, 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 the doctrine of materialism. You know? I mean 1848 it was the mark. It was when Karl Marx. Wrote the manifest, the communistic manifest. And like seven years later, Kardec was sitting in a room where a table was lifting off alone. This is completely a, 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 a other words, you know. And, and, and when we understood that we had to tell the story of the transformation, it kind of opened up a really sense of what the movie was about. So the movie is not about uh, the spiritualistic doctrine. This is for people who want to get out of the movie and go to the spiritual book and and, and understand what what it is all about. I mean, we just answer one question within the whole movie, which is, what is God, right? All the other questions are not answered in purpose because we don't want to create a a sense of doctrine uh, idea. But yet, that man, that, uh, that character, he made that, those questions to himself because those are questions that we make to ourselves as well. And those questions were answered. So if you want to learn about that, go to the books. Those are the the, the, the paths to the answers. But instead, if you want to see how hard it is to be uh, living under that idea that life goes on, that we are humans that are Living a material that we are spirits living in a material experience and so on. This is something that was powerful, and that is something that we I follow a lot. Which is what in the spiritualistic doctrine is universal. I mean, I would say everything, right? But in terms of the movie, what is that can be understood from people in every religion, in every philosophy? In every country what is the universal aspect of what of the the story we are telling when and if we understand that it gets easier because then we can open up the window and say listen watch this story it's not about this uh, this religion which is um to me the uh, spiritual is not spiritualism is not even a, a religion the way it is i mean it is not Kardec said that you know it is a doctrine with philosophy and science and, and religious consequences. So uh, to me, it is when we invite people from every place in society, watch this story, give it a chance, see what it is all about. And now you, you you just create your own conclusions. But this is something that was real. I think we are making the right choices. And this is something that I follow in every in, in every story we make is like um, public is just uh, public is is something that is we have to respect the most and we just can't give them a closet story you know we have to read five books to understand that story that's wrong that's wrong that's totally wrong and and you can't blame me that in spiritism you have such amazing stories <laughs> i mean Sueli wrote an, amazing stories that could be shot and Chico. Givaldo wrote um, some books that can be uh, amazing stories, because, and they connect the human being itself, himself. They don't connect to any spiritualism doctrine. It, it comes after, you know what I mean? I, I try to put a tag of, a, there is no tag here. If you're a Baptist, if you are Hindu, if you are Muslim, if you are uh, Catholic, you can just watch this story because it tells about something that is common to everywhere, which is human beings. I'm speaking mm. a lot, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I start going on and on, you know, and I, I, I do okay. That's okay,
0: that's okay.
1: like I can say is it's a pleasure to listen to you. <laughs> We're all like transfixed because it's incredible. I really now get what you're saying about, because I was imagining, how how do you choose which to put in the movie? But it's not about that, it's it's about what is the core idea that you want to put and that, that's absolutely amazing. And I really like this idea that you're talking to a universal uh, public, because this is what we need. We need to talk to everybody. We need to look at things that unite us and not the things that separate us. We need to build bridges and not walls. And uh, I think by doing that and in, and looking for what what is our common humanity... And and that makes me think, you know, it's like the experiences, the spiritual experiences, the common human experiences. And I was just thinking about the book by Dr. Peter Fennick about experiences at the deathbed. And uh, he did research, his psychiatrist did research in, into dying and from a psychological, psychiatric point of view. And uh, when he did the research, he said it actually people see their dead relatives coming to fetch them when they're dying slowly, like in a hospice, uh, when they're dying over a period of some days and things. So he was interviewing the dying people. And he said it makes no difference if the person is Christian or Muslim or Hindu or atheist. They still see their relatives come to fetch them. And then when he says, who comes to fetch you? And it's usually like, uh, parents or, or um, uh, let's say the wife, the husband or, or siblings, they person that had a strong personal connection uh, that come and they tell them they're coming to fetch them to take them you know in the next couple of days or something like that. So he was saying how this is a human experience, regardless of your uh, culture and society. And then he asked one person says, well, everybody's having these experiences here in, in the hospice. So why has nobody told us about it? And then one of the person said, Well, nobody asked us. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? You look at it. Another one, they're not gonna start saying you've seen dead people. Well, they're gonna think you're going crazy. So you just you know, you just talk think to them in that... your mind. Mm-hmm. Yes. Keep it quiet. <laughs> but now that you ask, I tell you. So this was so interesting. It says, well, Why does nobody say? Because nobody's asked. So I did think about the universality of human experiences and human experiences relating to uh, spiritual events. And I, I'm really fascinated by that because I just think that when the walls are coming down, it's just going to be a tsunami of, you know, even like people say, oh, reincarnation. Do you ever imagine those people way back in, you know, the 20th century that didn't uh, acknowledge reincarnation, you know, like think like, they're going to think like, well, what were we doing? Because it's just going to become normal Uh knowledge that every human being has access to, isn't it?
3: And the amazing part, just to add a little bit to what you said, and it is It is the response to that is that when I listen to people everywhere in the world, like Kardec's senior biography is in 180 countries, and I've spoken to people in Russia, in, in Australia, in, in Finland, Denmark, and... It is all the same. Uh, the same response. There, it's we could, we if you manage to connect to that small line that connects us all, you're doing the right thing. That's a pursuit, you know. That's something that we, we look for, and we when we find, we're in the right path, you know.
2: Well, uh, you just enlightened the, the movie to us because uh, after you, you you told that. Uh, I, I can reevaluate the movie uh, in, in, in a better way. And uh, one of the things that the, the movie actually does is to address to this very universal experience of awakening, of uh, uh, a transformation, uh, internal and also philosophical transformation and uh, the, the, the conversion from a person into a new being. And uh, that's the the story we would like to hear about Buddha or about uh, Paul on the way to Damascus or or something like that. And uh, this is uh, actually pretty universal and uh, brings us a character that is uh, rich in himself and and powerful in himself despite uh, our... uh, think uh, our thoughts or or beliefs about what he wrote and uh, many small details uh, draw my attention in the movie. For example, just to quote one, I I was very impressed with the very young actresses and and how competent they they were. Uh, But also uh, we here in in the University of Jerusalem we have a, a purely academic project called Kardec project on the letters of of Kardec. And uh, one of our colleagues analyzing the handwriting of Kardec said, well, this is artistic work. This is uh, almost a drawing or a very careful uh, way of writing. And uh, it expresses a, a completely different way of thinking. And uh, communicating with other people uh, comparing to the way we communicate now very um, uncarefully and and very quickly, almost not thinking about what we are saying or about what we are reading. At the time, people had to be, because of the context, very careful because they were dealing with uh, paradigms and, and... and social standards that uh, they should not touch without serious consequences. And they were uh, in themselves very serious people who took their time to write and to read and uh, always took care about what they were saying. So um, all these small details, they are present in this atmosphere that uh, you brought to light uh, with uh, the help of many competent, other professionals, certainly. And uh, we can see that uh, the small choices make a lot of difference because, um, for example, filming in Paris, uh, regarding a, a character that is well-known and has uh, admirers and, and fans, so to say, and and followers uh, is a, a, a very uh, conservative decision because some people would identify the places where Kardec lived and would say well this is not the place where he should be but uh, building the entire atmosphere we bring this very human very universal experience that uh, you're talking about to us it, it make uh make it flash and 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 bones, so we can uh, really relate to this experience
0: yeah and i i would th- wanted to say as well that for me that's one of the joys of the film that it's not bringing so much the side of spiritism itself but this story about this guy this educator this guy who went to study in switzerland who set up his own school in paris who then became frustrated and then found these things going on which evoked this like but i said this new life within him this life that that led him to bring this philosophy onto paper for us to all be able to look at and study. And so a question I had for you, Wagner, is would you ever consider making a prequel that highlights these investigations of Kardec into magnetism or even his youth in Switzerland or perhaps even his time that he lived in London? Or would you even do a follow-up based on Umberto's good friend, Leon Denis?
3: I would consider shooting the good stories adam <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh we have we've had conversations with Netflix considering to shoot the sequence of uh, the circle of Kardec's lives, you know, because we just went until the burning of the books, and I knew people were complaining oh this is a, that's not the whole story of kardec i knew i I knew people were gonna say that it is it is understandable, and it is okay. people would love to see more. Uh, we had to pick choices and we we made the things that we understood they should be made. Uh, yet, uh, I love the idea and the, all those conversations, they were not moved ahead and mostly because of the pandemic, I think. People just went upside down, you know, everywhere and the streaming got so powerful in terms of, of money and in terms of producing that I think this time is going to come sooner or later that we would reconnect to understand what we can evolve from there. And I would love to tell the story about Kardec's trips and in, in, in Kardec's fights with the churches. And mostly I would love to tell the story about his wife after he passes away because he she faces uh, a, sue, a lawsuit against the spiritualism movement the spiritualistic movement and and i think it is a remarkable woman doing a remarkable uh, 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 defense you know and to me amelie which is something that i was working a lot was to portray people uh the wife because she has been she has been hidden from from the historical books and she was so important as well and she was beside him in every single meeting of those early years and she was intelligent she was smart she was uh, She was uh, something that was devoted to the cause as well so i think uh those stories should be told once in a while sooner or later and uh, it is all it is all a matter of pinpoint the right moment you know you, it's interesting because you you see the story coming <laughs> you see the moment coming, and then you, you, you don't lose the moment, the momentum. And I think now we have to, re, to rebuild the moment within the Astro City things, and then we're going to rebuild moments in every other place. It's, like, it's, like, it's just like the novellas, Adam. I wrote two novellas at Global TV. Both novellas were made on the basic grounds of the reincarnation idea of past lives and reincarnation was one was Além do Tempo that you mentioned and the other one was period da Vida, which took place in 20, 2018, twenty eighteen, twenty eighteen. Uh and we were at the momentum. And the momentum is gone. And now we have to understand how we what we bring now. What kind of, of what kind of things that people are gonna be willing to watch after we go through this terrible moments, you know. In Brazil, I, I, I used to say that Brazil faces a pandemic and the pandemonium. The pandemic is due to the virus and the pandemonium is due to, is due to the government, you know. So after both are gone, hopefully, uh, we are working on things that we call the goodwill stories, you know. Stories that can bring you up, that, that have to say, you know, let's get out of a war. Like the UK knows what a war itself is like the UK knows what is to be destroyed as a country. Brazil as a country never heard of that, never knew it indeed, in real terms. And I think now Brazil is devastated, you know, it is a devastated land. And it is sad to say that, it it may sound even cold to say that, but we've cried so much already during the the late 18 months. We've suffered so much that it's now time To start breathing again, you know, to get our vaccines, I was already vaccinated, half, half vaccinated, and 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 start to get the teachings. Now we have to get the teachings, and because before that, we just need to console each other, to help each other. And I think those stories might be, uh, might be in the surf again, you know. I I don't know if I may say so, (laughs) but I mean those stories might be in the in the target again.
1: Yeah. I think that it's really interesting because when you were talking about it, I'm very mindful. I work in the National Health Service here in the UK, and that was born after the Second World War. And it's something that the whole country is very proud of. It's a system that, of course, has many difficulties as well. But it was like a symbol of a new time and something that a country could do for all its people. But it was born out of the ashes of war or something really destructive. So it's like the story of the phoenix. You're going through destruction and difficulties at the moment, but new things will be reborn and come out of it. And that is quite exciting, although the process of the pain is, is, is uncomfortable and, and unfortunate for, for everybody. But I have great hope that good things will come. And people, you know, it's when the communities come together, they can build whatever they like. Even people, I think like my experience of Brazil was everybody's always looking to the government, looking to the father, looking to somebody over there to solve their problems. But the solution is here. Let's get together our brothers and sisters. Let's make our own solutions. And I totally believe in the creative power of people in Brazil to find solutions As Soon as they feel empowered in some way to say, No, you have solutions, you can find the way, rather than looking for some mystical, magical solution coming from outside. And that's about our relationship with God as well. When we when we think about this transformation about a God that's not a, a God that's going to come and save us, like like a hero on a white horse. It's not that. It's that it's giving us the power that we have the ability to transform things as well. And I I find that's really sort of um, hopeful and optimistic. Uh, And uh, I really look forward to to the future to see what interesting things are going to come up.
0: Amazing words,
3: Anne. Me too. Thank you.
0: And you're just talking just now about uh, finding solutions. And we know that during the pandemic, obviously theatres, cinemas, galleries, museums, and almost everything else related to arts has been shut down around the world. But what are your thoughts about having access to pre-recorded shows, to live stream concerts, virtual museum and gallery visits during this pandemic? Uh,
3: I think there was there was a nice uh, initiative you know there was something amazing to that was done I myself watched a lot of lives you know amazing uh singers they were like sh- singing for free uh we couldn't put our movies for free because we have deals prior to the pandemic <laughs> and we couldn't redo uh, contracts and whatever but i mean uh i think it was a time that it is a still a time full of lessons, full of pain and lessons. I mean, the just say, uh, we're going to get through this. And this is the important thing is how you're going to get through and what you have done during the process, right, Annie? Just like what you said. So to me, Adam, understanding how culture is important is something else that has been uh, uh, understood. Right? Uh, people... Un- they just learned that they need musicians. They just learned that they need uh, audiovisual storytelling. They just learned that they need books. Um, I mean, most of the people, I hope. <laughs> and that's a reinforcement of of the importance of culture and art in order to save and protect our souls. This is very spiritualistic. And this is something that, uh, uh, to me, I've been, all during all these months, these last months, I've been asking mediums, you know, how, how what have you been watching? Just like Kardec, you know, talking to people in the south of Brazil, in the west of Brazil, in the north of Brazil, here in Rio, in Sao Paulo, and saying, tell me what is your mediumship telling you? What, what have you been watching? And it is interesting to do that because sometimes at, at, at a certain point, you find out that, oh, there is something that they are saying it is the same, which is, it has been a whole whole big change in the spiritual world as well. You know, within the pandemic and people at home, uh, spirits, a higher level spirits are working with this uh, unbelievable amount of spirits that are lost in their umbrella zones. They need to be rescued. So the amount of rescue has been multiplied in in, a thousand times because uh, the connections were lost. You know, people were were locked down, and they could rebuild the streets. They could rebuild uh, uh, dark zones that ne- that need to be rebuilt. So we don't, uh, I, I, we don't have a clue of the and uh, un- the quantity of the amount of work that the spirituality has been doing in the in the atmosphere. What we know is that they have been working a lot. <laughs> so. Uh, there's something that we noticed immediately. I mean, all these spiritual centers—they were shut, right? they were locked—and and on the other hand, people were were praying from their houses at first time. So everyday connections made their, our houses uh, stronger, which is something that I've, I would I was just to do once in a week. You know, the the cult of the the gospel at home and now we do that every day we do a whatsapp uh connection you know we just listen to each other and it's like 15 minutes every day so that's something that has come to stay and i mean i'm not to mention all the other changes with people who are wearing masks but they are their real wolf man wolf faces you know <laughs> wolf in the lamps in limbs uh, coat and people were hiding in their faces where they are showing up their souls which which happen a lot in terms of living in society you know empathy sorority and other stories so we are in a big melting pot things are burning and what 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 is left to us to believe' is something that they 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 keep saying and it's something that is it is usual, you know, just get going, believe, and move on. Do your part. Let's do your part, you know.
1: And that would just make me think about something that Adam said right at the beginning of, of the of the show today, saying, you know, the uh, situation here in the pandemic in the UK is all change again. You know, we're on the third surge, and are they going to open, are they going to close? What are they going to at the end of the day, it's like a moment of freedom, which, although it's it's uh it seems the opposite of that, but it is a moment in we have a freedom to see how will we behave. So if people say I'm fed up, I'm not wearing my mask anymore, that's everybody, you know, each one has responsibility for their choices. So it's 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 really interesting. It doesn't matter if other people are not doing their bit. As long as, you know, okay, I think that this is what I should do. I think that this is what is correct. I think this is what's respectful to my brothers and sisters who whose immune system might be weaker than mine. I will put it on and that's my choice. So I think this great freedom is, is like saying, okay, you have the information now, what do you do? And like you say, you reveal your, your inner being by your actions outside. And uh, people say, well, we know we want to end a lockdown because we're tired. We're tired of what? I just think about you know I I, I work with with the elderly uh, people you know we call it the war generation like they're all in the eighties now they lived through they lived through the bombings and they say okay tired of the bombings did you just say to you know to the other country that was throwing the bombs can you just stop throwing now because I'm tired I just you know no it's I think it it's sometimes it's just thinking okay it's unpleasant it's uncomfortable. But what can I do with what I've got? How can I make this uh, have a spiritual view of this? Or like I was reading somewhere today, I really liked it from a Native American uh, Indian saying: "Have the you know the eagle's view. Like you're up in the sky and you're seeing it all. Have the eagle's view instead of having the mouse's view. Like just you can see what's right in front of your nose. Put yourself as the eagle. See the bigger picture." And say, okay, I have some restrictions or some of my freedoms, but I have other freedoms that I've never had before. And just put it in context uh, and make those choices so that you feel uh, you really, you know, where do you, where do you, you know, the stand up have been counted, you know, where do you stand? And it's like the masks are falling, not the the, you know, and people are being revealed. Uh, So it's interesting times that we're living in, and. I make no judgments of others. I'm just talking about myself and about my own personal challenges to be coherent and to try and do my best and to think, you know, why am I, what, why am I upset about this? Why am I bothered about this? What's it? How's it? Why is it affecting me? You know, where, where is the X of the equation in this situation? And I think that's really useful so that we live conscious lives rather than being on automatic pilot.
3: I agree 100%. (laughs) May I
2: (laughs) say just something? Uh, Well, uh, of course, uh, it it is healthy to uh, prefer happiness to to sorrow and sadness, (laughs) and to prefer health to to sickness and illness. Um, But at the same time, it, it, it is wise to understand that Uh, to be in the comfort zone may be not so good for us. So these challenging times, these times of trouble, they they test parts of us that uh, could remain uh, undeveloped or unexercised if we were not so uh, strongly (laughs) demanded and, and tested.
0: Let's go now to our question for what does Spiritism say about? Annie, the question we have is, what does Spiritism say about sexuality?
1: This is a massive question that would require a whole programme on its own. But, and I'm just wondering uh, what the person that's asking the question, you know, what they really want to know. I think that what I can refer to is uh, interesting information that we can find in the Spirits book. Uh, around question 200, 201, and 202, in which Kardec asks the spirits uh, if a man can be incarnated in a woman's body or if a woman can be incarnated in a man's body, if we can be swapping the types of bodies we have. And uh, he said, of course, because as spirits, I'll use his own words, uh, says, the same spirits animate men and women. So I would say, and this is what it says as well, we have to have the perspective that the body that we are given, uh, that we choose or however it comes to be, the body we have in this incarnation is the instrument of our incarnation. It doesn't define us. It is how, uh, it's our instrument to use to interact and to be in life and uh, different types of bodies can give us access to different types of opportunities experiences situations so for me being a woman today in the uk it's very different from me for example being a woman in a different countries where i might not have the same freedoms or access to education or health likewise in the past if i were to be a man i could be engaged in activities that perhaps were not allowed to the women and so on but i did say something earlier on and i bring it back again that there is diversity in nature everywhere you look so nothing is clearly defined so i would say that uh, not going into all the all the discussions around uh, gender and sexuality but thinking about just the uh, physicality, the physiology, and, and anatomy of the bodies we have. and They are the instruments that we are using. The spirits, they say, they don't have those anatomies. Uh, the spirits can incarnate as women, can incarnate as men, and the variety just goes on. So I don't want to uh, go on too much about it. I just hope that that, that gives a little bit of a f- of the flavor And you're thinking about where is this question going and what do you really want to be thinking about because it is an ongoing discussion in society today which we are all like trying to make sense because we have this freedom in which we can discuss these things openly and trying to find and it's about what are the limits of the spirit the spirit doesn't have any limits we are eternal beings and we are destined to perfection and we will have an infinite number of experiences. We put that in context, and that kind of changes a limited view of, oh, you know, a situation that's very temporary. But like I say, it is a ve- I think it's a, it is a very delicate subject. It's a subject that uh, deals uh, with forces that we are perhaps not really, we're not able yet to understand fully how all these things work. Uh, but I think maybe just start thinking a little bit along the lines of what, what I could contribute at this point. I hope that helps the person who asked the question.
2: Well, uh, from a philosophical perspective, I think it is relevant to stress that uh, we are wrong in thinking about ourselves as uh, male or female. Because our bodies are male or female. And of course, because we live a, a more material life, we are used to relate ourselves to our bodies. But actually, I am uh, an I, <laughs> a self uh, and, uh, and a person that is independent of this uh, psychological and physiological configurations that uh, we need to express ourselves in the material world. So the the first big step to understand the issues uh, of of gender and sexuality is uh, stop thinking about ourselves as uh, bodies and to understand that uh, I am a self, an I uh, who can have uh, different material experiences, but uh, these material experiences do not define me.
0: Well, in our last episode, we were talking about mediumship. We know that at a certain level, we are all mediums. But how does this work regarding art, music and films? Can friends from the spiritual plane help us, inspire us and guide us when we're creating anything artistic? And how could we feel this influence?
3: Uh, People people ask me uh, about that question sometimes. In terms of uh, what kind of influence or what kind of, of perceptions do we have about the influence? And my answer is kind of fuzzy, but I mean, this is very honest because I don't know exactly. It's not official, <clears throat> but of course, we know spirits are around us, they guide us, they influence us more than we think. This is one of the questions, you know, more than we may ever think. Uh, but Officially, <laughs> what I know and what I've heard is that we have to do our work. We cannot avoid avoid our responsibilities. We cannot avoid uh, our mistakes as well. So we have to keep going, keep working. And if they if they come to teach you, it's it's merit. If they come to help you in a way that you don't even feel it, it's more merit yet. But to me, I don't stop and say, hey, can you guys do it for me? Because I think that would be too too embarrassing, you know, because this is I'm the one who is asking for the chance. So if I ask for the chance and ask them to make it, it's not going to be uh, valuable. <laughs> and if it were for them to do it, they would do it in a different way. They would pick up real mediums. You know, automatic mediums or whatever, and they would do it the way they want. This, this is how, when they want to do that, they do it from a straight and 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 a, and a very valid mediumship way. But of course, when you're dealing with art, we are dealing with the spiritual uh, human, uh, the human spirit, and this is something that you cannot disconnect. And uh, the answer, yeah, is is. Mostly, yes, there is a lot of influence there i mean there is influence from my past lives there is influence from my unperfection un- there is influence from my enemies <laughs> and there is influence from my friends and and we are all together in the same in the same dimension, based in two different ma- uh, material density you know and so uh there's something that in terms of what we see in the movies. As far as I understand the movies that I that I've been through, uh there there hasn't been a lot of phenomena or whatever. I mean everything works properly as it should be working on a movie set. And yet I don't ask anyone that comes to work with me if he's a spiritualist or if he if he believes in the spiritualism or whatever. That's something that I'm never gonna do. And I think that spiritualism is not something that has to work as a tag. Again, I'm against the tags, right? So uh, if I do that, I'm 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 behaving improperly, you know, I'm just uh being something that the spiritual doesn't need to. So uh I haven't seen so many phenomena at all. I say I I I like to say I like to believe that the biggest phenomenon is, was, is when we turn the camera on. And this is when I can see Kardec, where I can see the spiritual world or whatever it's going to come out to.
2: Well, quite interesting. Um, it is uh, also remarkable how inspiration was uh, well known since ancient times. The old uh, spiritual books from the Upanishads to the Druids in in French Gaul and in Britain, uh, the, the Greek poets and uh, the prophets in the Bible were very aware that uh, some uh, alien uh, exterior force was leading them uh, in their thoughts and and feelings and uh, and even uh, uh, giving them energy to fulfill uh, the tasks they had uh, ahead. And uh, Plato was a very good uh, example in the sense he, uh, a, a, as a Greek man, he acknowledged the, the presence of the muses uh, in uh, any sort of uh, elevated and, and, and uh, relevant work that uh, men could uh, ever accomplish. But uh, there is a small book from Plato called Eon, where uh, Plato actually discussed uh, prophetic inspiration in relation to the artistic uh, work. Uh, this book also reminds me of uh, Leon Denis' masterpiece on spiritualistic art, which is spiritual spiritism in the arts. We fortunately we have this book in English now available. And uh, Plato said that uh, uh, the same faculty that uh, make the prophets aware of a mission or a revelation that they should deliver to humanity is the faculty that the poets and the musicians use to express maybe not a message, but beauty and goodness to humanity.
3: Amazing. (laughs) Uh, uh, This is why this is the reason that that i don't close the questions when i answer them you know <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's there but i mean and it it is also because movie making is a very industry uh, 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 pr- uh proceeding is is a is enough it's a a work of uh an industrial process you know and it is it is something that you don't relate to art sometimes it is just about you know um Hiring people, feeding them, transporting them, and putting up like a show for 300 people every day, shooting 12 hours a day, and traveling, and camera stuff, and lighting equipment, and so on. But, I mean, this spiritual world is everywhere, which means you never say no. You can never say no.
0: Well... There are two people who we think have probably had a lot of inspiration in their lives. Have you heard about Eileen Kramer? Well, Eileen is an Australian dancer and choreographer who spent the early part of her life working in Paris and America, dancing in famous shows with people such as Louis Armstrong. At a sprightly 106 years of age, she is still working, performing and creating choreography and more importantly, has banned the words old and age from her vocabulary. In a recent interview, she said, I'm not old, I've just been here a long time and learnt a few things along the way. I don't feel how people say you should feel when you're old. My attitude to creating things is identical to when I was a child. Now, as well as working on a film called The God Tree, she is enjoying life in her native Australia and dedicates to writing a story a day. And have you heard about this unlikely YouTube star? An 84-year-old ex-farmer, John Butler from the UK, has found fame within the ASMR Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response community with his softly spoken wise words about living a positive life. His YouTube channel, Spiritual Unfoldment with John Butler has over 172,000 subscribers and has regular videos of John speaking delicately about life, meditation and spiritual connection. John was actually one of the first organic farmers in the UK and attributes the fact that he has used meditation for over 60 years as being the possible reason for his softly spoken approach. Now John has been thanked by many people over this past year and a half who found his videos beneficial to help them with their anxieties during the pandemic. So I think there is a lot that we can learn from both Eileen and John. Wagner, before we end, what can you tell us about the other projects you have planned and that we can expect over the next few years?
3: Uh, Adam, I'm gonna shoot. I'm uh, start shooting uh, this huge documentary next month uh, because I think the the sanitary conditions are getting better and we can go out with a small crew, which is about Chico Xavier. And I decided to do that because next year we're gonna be remembering the 20th anniversary of 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 uh, Chico's departure. You know, Chico's passing away. And uh, I think we need a place where we can tell people this is what Chico Xavier were, because we have that in books. We have like more than ten bi- biographies you know, be, uh, written about Chico. But we don't have a documentary. You have a a, a a fiction movie about Chico, which was shot and released in 2009, right before Astro City. And it is a it is a movie that is a certain look to Chico's life. But it doesn't, it doesn't get us, it doesn't get not at least 10% of what his life were. I think. That's my opinion. And I think we can produce a wonderful and astonishing material of Chico Xavier with all these faces, with all his... Chico as a medium, Chico as a celebrity, Chico as a a guy that gave us a legacy, Chico as backstages, you know, Chico as... uh, uh, Chico 20 years later you know I mean there is so much new things that I've been finding out about Chico and I I go to places people get my hand and say come over here and I was at a place about a, an old lady called Nena Galvez. Chico was, uh, was her host for 30 years in São Paulo so he had his own room at her house and she opened the room for me and she opened the drawers and there was like several papers and uh, i mean people shiko's handwriting and things that nobody ever saw it and so i decided to make a a movie not only a movie i decided to make a a series of documentaries about shiko and have it translated as as to much language as possible so someone in japan that says you know about this guy who lived in brazil is called chico xavier how do i get to know about him just watch it you know and then we're going to try to put as much as we can about this man called Chico Xavier, and, and in different in different documentaries, or maybe one major documentary feature film, and other uh, small or an hour episodes documentaries, you know, and try to get it in in streaming, in a nice streaming uh, channel. And if you don't have, if we don't succeed, I'm gonna release it myself to different places. But I think. Shiku deserves that. Uh the new generation of spiritualists in spiritualism, they must learn more from the man, the work, and the the, the the whole the whole universe that surrounds a man like Shiku. So I'm gonna do be doing that. It's I'm gonna interview more than a hundred people <laughs> already. It's they were already listening. And I'm gonna be interviewing more people as much as needed. And I'm gonna also shoot uh no solar two the messengers as soon as we have sanitary conditions. and and I'm there are other other movies that are in the role, and I'd rather wait to give the, the good news as soon as they are as they are fully ready to be made. One movie that I can I can advance. I mean two movies that I can advance, there are already in development and already partially finance it, is one movie about the Fox sisters. This is going to be an English-spoken movie. The Fox sisters were the pioneers of the whole spiritualism movement in America, 19th century America. Uh, And I'm going to do a movie, which is a very challenging story to tell, about Emmanuel, which is Chico Xavier's mentor. So I want to be telling the story of his seven lives, since he was a senator in Rome, until the moment that he works with Chico in the 20th century. So that's quite a journey, and that's quite uh, daring and challenging for me. But, I mean, all those projects are in development, are developing. I mean, screenplays are ready, and it's about money, time, the momentum. It's about creating the momentum. And uh, we are going to be announcing through the Instagram and from, I mean, social media, as much as we can.
0: Great. Well, thank you, Wagner. And, and we certainly look forward to seeing these films and documentaries coming out as soon as they're available. Well, thank you all for all your thoughts and considerations today. But it's now time for a moment of reflection. Annie, what have you got for us?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I randomly uh, chose uh, a passage from Recipes for Peace by the spiritual and through the mediumship of Tivaldo Franco and i'll just read it slowly and just take from it whatever speaks to your soul it says perseverance in the higher ideals of life is one of the most difficult challenges for person intent and goodness when one stage ends another one unfolds ahead once a difficulty is overcome another is outlined a step given is an opportunity to conquer distances, a job done is the beginning of more challenging tasks, and when we believe that the more serious hindrances have been surpassed, further difficulties and harder to surmount obstacles arise. The undertaking, however, cannot be any different. Each victory Entitles the individual to the more audacious attempts rather than to the limitations of inaction. Exercise is the patient master that qualifies any person for more complex achievements. What presently appears impossible later becomes a completed accomplishment.
3: Suits so for me. <laughs>
1: it is it seems like it was perfectly chosen no (laughs) it's for all of us i know
3: i know i was selfish but it's about movie making you know
1: (laughs) it fits it fits and doesn't it it just makes us think that when we think that we have an obstacle a difficulty to overcome it the next one will be bigger because we will be greater we will be more able
0: thank you annie well friends, we are at the end of another episode, so please remember to contact us to let us know your thoughts and comments, as well as your questions for what does Spiritism say about. You can contact us here via the Kardec Group's social media accounts. You can email us at insightfully at kardec.org.uk or drop us a line via our website, www.cardec.org.uk, where you can also find details about our group, about the High Five fundraising campaign, as well as finding the links to the previous episodes of this show. So it just leaves me to give a great big thank you to our guest, Wagner Gersiz, for me to say thank you to my co-hosts, Annie Sinclair and Umberto Schubert and for me to thank all of you who have got to the very end of this show once again. My name is Adam Osborne, and I hope you can join us again next time for another episode of Insightfully Speaking, looking at the world from a spiritist perspective.